Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. As I was looking at the number 24, and I'm going to give you a bit of a recap for those of you who are here for the first time this morning, because this is the third sermon of a series of three sermons. God has given me three words for the beginning of the year, um, and that is growth, increase, and momentum. And I've been speaking about the first week about growth, second week about increase, and, and today I want to speak about momentum. But let's just recap uh, quickly, uh, recap a little bit about what have I done, what have I spoken about regarding this prophetic word that God has given us. Now, 24 is such a significant number. Well, you probably know this. There's 24 hours in a day. 24. The 24th hour is the last hour of the day. Very significant. Did you know that if you take a circle around the world, it is from one point around to the next point, 24,000 miles. Do you know that the Greek alphabet to which most of the Bible was translated from Hebrew to Greek, and from Greek, I mean, it's, it's just incredible, has got 24 alphabet numbers. 24. If you go to, I mean, there's so many stats. If you go to the northern hemisphere, and I know we're in the southern hemisphere, but in the northern hemisphere, they've got a star that they call the Little Dipper, the northern hemisphere. And it's that star that you follow when you get lost, that you follow, just follow the North Star. Now, if you're in the northern hemisphere, you'll know. But the stars in, in, in all over, they've got a count for the stars, one, two, three, four. And the Little Dipper, the North Star, is number 24, that you follow when you're lost. The word dunamis, how many of you have heard that word? Dunamis power, explosive power of God, is mentioned only 24 times in the New Testament. And I really believe that this is the year where we're going to see God's power even more than ever. More than ever, we're going to see God's power working through people's lives, God's power pulling them closer to Him. I believe it's going to be a dunamis year. And then 24 also speak about the priesthood of God, speaking about His authority, His throne, and His power. And then I actually went into that in the first and the second sermon. So go and listen to all our sermons. You'll be blessed. Now, so God gave me three words, growth, increase, and momentum. And in the first week, um, and, and then we, I called the sermon series Raising the Bar, because I believe that this is a year where we need to raise the bar to, to get closer, get deeper in your intimacy with God. But we need to do what we've never done, to see results that we've, we've ever dreamt about. Now, week one, we spoke about growth and how Jesus came and he preached one of the most significant sermons in the scripture called the Sermon on the Mount or the Beatitudes. And in one sermon, Jesus comes and he shifts something. He raises the bar of the Jewish community and said, you think this is the law and this is religion and this, but let me tell you, I mean, it's this incredible sermon. Go and read Matthew 5. In one moment, Jesus raised the bar of the Jewish community and something changed. Now for us to step into a place of growth in our relationship with God, we need to raise the bar this year. We need to raise the bar of our, of our thinking, of our devotion, of how we think in, in, about ourselves, how we know who we are in Christ. We need to raise the bar. You see, we can't do the same thing and expect growth. We can't. We need to raise the bar and say, Lord, I want to grow this year. I want to grow more. I want to grow exponentially this year. But we need to raise the bar in our place of devotion this year. 
Go and sit at his feet. Go and seek him with everything you have. Say, Lord, if I have to stand and wake up half an hour early every morning, if I have to wake up an hour early morning, early in the morning to just spend some time with you, I want to do that. Why? Because I want to grow in you. I want to grow more. And in week two, last week, we spoke about increase. How many of you um, enjoyed that sermon? I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed preaching it. But I truly believe that God has called us to have increase in our lives. Truly, I strongly believe that. God created you to have increase from the inside out. We always think, Lord, give me increase. I want a bigger car, a bigger house. I want greater this, greater that, may my business. Yes, and that's all those things. I probably believe that God's going to bring increase into our lives, and we've already started seeing it. But I believe that there's going to be an increase from inside out, from who you are, who you believe you are, from your identity as a Christian, as who God has made you to be, there will be an increase of your understanding of what God has created us to do and to be. Now today I want to speak about the last word, number three, and it's, it's momentum. Now I read this story this week, and I'm going to read it to you. The story goes like this. It says, there was a story about a young man who applied as a job for a, at a logging company the foreman asked him if he could cut down a tree with an axe. So the young man walked over to the tree and cut down the tree like an old pro. The foreman immediately hired him without thinking. On the Monday morning, the man showed up and he outdid everyone else on the crew. He cut down the most trees in the, most, the, the least amount of time. He was just incredible. But each day after that, he got slower and slower until Friday came. He was so tired as he, as he tried as hard as he could, but he couldn't even barely cut down one tree. He went through the motions. He was swinging his axe. He was trying everything, repeating everything he did, but nothing worked. So finally, the young man laid down his axe. And he just sat down next to the tree, exhausted. And he wondered what was causing this thing. How could he not be able to cut down just one tree? So the foreman came over and he walked over and he said to him, young man, I know what's causing you the struggle. He said that you've been so busy all this week doing all this thing, cutting down all these trees that you have forgotten the basics of just sharpening your axe. See, your axe has become dull and worthless because you have never kept it in a good condition. Ever been there? Ever been to a place of frustration? being able to do what you've called to do, being, I mean, just do what you've done always. All of us have faced that kind of frustration in our lives, the same as this young man, not even being able to cut down one tree. You see, many of us have lost the momentum because of frustrating moments like this. Or maybe you start so well and you walked with God and you were on fire with God and you just lost your grip and your rhythm and your intimacy with the Father. Ever been there? Been there many a times. Just feel, look, where's my rhythm gone? Where's my momentum gone in my walk with you? Now, I think all of us, somewhere in our lives, have lost momentum in our rhythm and our walk with God. Oh, maybe you, in that moment, you felt like, man, I'm, I'm in a valley, and the valley is dark, and I don't know what, where to go. I don't know if I need to go left, right, back, or forward. I just don't know where. And every time I think about that, I think about the scripture that, that David wrote. 
And in the Passion Translation, it says the following, Psalm 23, we all know it so well, verse 4 to 5, it says, Even when your path takes you through the valley of the deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. Your authority is my strength and my peace. Your comfort and your love takes, me, take, takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast, even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit, and you give me all I can drink of you until my cup runs over. Isn't that beautiful? You are my delicious feast, Father. You will fill my cup. No matter where I am in the deepest darkness, fear will not grip me because you already did. Isn't that beautiful? Now here King David comes. And no matter if you walk through the darkest time at the moment in your life, feeling maybe far from God at the moment, God says, David says, he said, God is close to you. He has got you in his hand. No matter if the darkness in the valley feels bad, God is there. And the King David was a man of incredible calling. I mean, think about his calling. He was, he was ordained or, or anointed as king at 15. At 15 years, God saw anointing on his life. And, and David was a man, man, there were so many moments in his life where his momentum was broken. Think about it, a man anointed at 15 years old. And he's going to be king at 18. He's going to be an incredible king. But for years, things happened, and he just couldn't get into a place of getting into that momentum of the anointing. I mean, we think that this was a shift in his life. He was anointed. He's going to be king, but... It just stopped and started and stopped and started. You see, but you know, among all those things that David struggled with, he kept his axe sharpened. He made sure that he connected with God. He never thought less about himself. He never let life bully him, and life did bully him. Ever had a king chasing after you, trying to kill you for years? Having to hide in a cave for years? David was incredible. He knew what God has called him for. But David kept the axe sharp, and so many Christian believers lose momentum in their spiritual walk with God for many reasons. Maybe you had challenges in your life, and the challenges keep on coming, and this thing happened, and that thing happened, and you just tend to lose momentum in your spiritual walk with the Father. Ever been there? Come on, all of us have been there. Now, if you look through the Bible, you'll see not just you and me, go through moments where we lose momentum in our lives, there's a tendency through the Bible from the Old Testament, from Genesis up until Jesus, where things happen and they lose momentum. And God's plan almost feels like it stops and then suddenly it starts again and it stops again and it starts again. And there's never momentum in this thing. If you look at the rhythm of events from Genesis to Jesus, you see a stop-start thing. Adam and Eve, man, created, amazing, walking in the garden, fellowship with God every day, and suddenly they eat a fruit that they're not allowed to eat, and everything stops. God's plan had to shift, but God is still amazing. He had to switch a few things, but his plan was still in motion, but for Adam and Eve, there was a momentum breaker. Abraham had a promise from God. Man, he was so excited. God's going to give him children as much as the, the sand and the seashore. But 
after 10 years of waiting, just feel, Lord, oh, the momentum is just gone. I was excited like five years ago. But now I was like, okay, let's just take my slave girl and let's just have Ishmael. Stop, start. Until God gave him his true promise. And remember the Israelites? Israelites in the desert. Oh, God freed them from the mightiest nation in the world, Egypt. And they were in the desert. They just walked through the Red Sea. One of the greatest miracles freed them from the mightiest nation in the world. They walked through the Red Sea and they started murmuring. Momentum stopped. And for 40 years, God had to wait for a generation to pass away so that He can use the men and women with faith to go on with the plan that God had. Stop, start. Now, after many years, Jesus comes. And Jesus came and He fulfilled all the prophecies of the Messiah that would come. And Jesus came, he did miracles, he made the impossible possible, he changed every life he touched. Think about it, he changed every life he touched. He, and he only discipled a handful of people. And the Jews were waiting for the Messiah, why? Because they were thinking that the Messiah would come and he would free them from the oppression of the Roman Empire. He would become the king and they would be victorious. That, that, was, that was their prophecies and their hope. But Jesus knew God's plan. And he knew that God's plan was not for him to stay and be king. God's plan was for all of us to step into that role of authority that he paid for. So when Jesus went through the cross and went through the grave, something shifted that created momentum that we're still experiencing today. It's like driving a car. Most of us have, if you have automatic car, great. If you have a shift like a, a gear shift car, when you put your foot on the petrol, the car picks up revs. And as the revs become higher and higher and higher, for the car to gain momentum, you need to shift it. Ever been there? Have you tried to drive your car in first gear all through town? I mean, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> that, that just doesn't work. But as soon as the revolutions are up, up until a certain point, and the time is right for the momentum to gain, you need to shift the car. And that's exactly what happened in that moment. Jesus, God, shifted a gear in the kingdom of God. In that moment when Jesus stepped out of that grave, and there was momentum. There was a momentum. See, Jesus stepped out as a victorious king, and he stepped into a new season of momentum because the gear was shifted. There was no more stop-start. There was a visible shift and a new gear in our Christian faith. That was amazing. Now, from that moment on in the New Testament, the writers wrote, and we will go from strength to strength, Psalm 84. We'll go from victory to victory, remember? We will go from glory to glory. We will go from faith to faith. Scripture upon scripture upon scripture. That sounds like momentum to me. So something shifted from the Old Testament to the covenant when the Old Covenant was broken and Jesus came and said, now I'm shifting the gear of momentum and I'm giving you all authority to step into that role as kings and priests. And you need to step up because I'm calling you to something new. I'm shifting the gear. Maybe you're here this morning and you're listening to the, or maybe you're listening to the sermon and you still feel that, Henny, but there's still a stop-start in my momentum, in my relationship with God, in my life. Everything is stopping or starting, and then it stops. And then it starts and it stops, and there's never momentum in my life. 
I believe that there's another shift in the gears this year. I believe God is about to shift another gear in his kingdom and the momentum is going to pick up. 2024 is going to be a significant year. You see, 2024 will be a new gear in the kingdom of God and momentum will pick up, but we need to raise the bar to say, Lord, I'm making myself ready. I want to be part of this momentum. I'm not going to be at the back. I want to be in the forefront. I want to run ahead with you. I want you, as you set the pace, I want to be with you. But therefore, I need to raise the bar. I need to seek you with everything I have. I don't want to run around with the Bible and Bible slap everyone. Just live what God has called you to be. Come on. Now, for all of us, and maybe you're like me, and you ask questions like, okay, how's that going to work? How can we build momentum for this year? How can I be part of this momentum shift that God has already started doing? Now, for us all to make sure we shift with God's momentum in this new year and gear up for 2024, there's a couple of things. We have to focus right. On what should we have our focus this year? And there's two things that I want to look at this morning very quickly. It's not going to be a long sermon. But number one is, are we focused on a place or on the power. What do you mean by that, Henny? You see, if you are focused on a place you are currently in with God, maybe you're struggling. Maybe if you focus on a place you're currently in your job or in this place and, and everything is frustrating to you, if you focus on that place, man, then you feel like you're not growing. Maybe you feel like you are not growing in your relationship with God or in your job or in your family or as a parent or wherever you're at. Maybe you feel like, Henny, but I feel I'm not disciplined enough to run with this, to go with this momentum, to raise the bar. I'm not disciplined enough to push my devotional time up and just make sure I get more of Him. I don't see the change Ever been there? Father, I've been doing all these things, but I don't see the change. Remember 2 Corinthians says, Paul says, we walk by faith and not by sight. And faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So what are you hoping? What are you trusting God for? If your focus is on that, things change. If our focus is on the place we are at at the moment, you will stagnate. You see, if you are keep, keeping our focus on what we are doing now and where we are now, we will miss the amazing things God wants to do through your life. Because you're only going to look at this one thing and keep your focus on this one thing. Instead, gaze onto Him that want to do so much amazing things through your life. You see, the enemy want to do that. He wants to keep our eyes off of what God wants to do. He wants to keep your eyes on the tough things, on the things that happens that I don't know what to do, on the challenges, on the frustration in your life. He wants to keep your eyes on that. If he, if he keeps your eyes on that, we will miss what God wants to do in us and through us. Look at Romans 12 verse 2. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. Very well-known scripture. But listen to what it says. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by what? By what? By changing the way you think. By renewing the way you think. By renewing your mind. And the only way we renew our mind is by getting into the Word. Get your nose into that Bible. Not religiously, but passionately. 
Read that Bible because you're passionate to get more of God. You see, when we renew our thinking, something amazing happens. We step into a new momentum. We step into that new spiritual walk with God. Why? Because the scripture says you are transformed. You are transformed. Listen to that. Let God transform you into a new person. How many of you sitting here to this morning? Sometimes, I mean, I'm sitting a lot of times saying, Lord, can you just transform me into something new this, this year? I want to grow more. I want to have more of you. If you want to transform and be that new person that God has created you to be, then you have to renew your mind. You have to renew your thinking of who you are. You need to realize that God has given you the day that you have, and the day that you stepped into salvation, God has given you everything you need. Everything. To raise the dead, to heal the sick, to cast out demons. God has given us. We just need to step into that renewed thinking that said, wow, this is who I am. And if you stay at the place where you are now, you're going to miss it. You see, now here's the secret. Are you focused on the place or the power? Here's the secret. We are spirit-empowered. We are spirit-empowered. There is something better than anything on earth that you are carrying inside of you. And that's what shifts us into momentum because Jesus paid for it. Look at this incredible scripture. Ephesians 4 verse 20 to 24. But that isn't what you learn about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from Him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Then he says, listen to this. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, fully righteous and holy. Isn't that beautiful? Let your spirit renew your thoughts. If you are focused on a place you are at, you're going to miss what God wants to do in the spirit. What He wants to do in you and through you. We are spirit-empowered beings. You know God created our spirit first. You are created spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. All focus is on your spirit. Your spirit needs to run over into your soul, and your soul needs to have an impact on your body. We're not going to go into that today. Now, when Jesus died on the cross, in that instant, the Holy Spirit became part of our lives full time. Remember when Jesus died on the cross? The inner sanctuary, the curtain tore, and where the holiest of holies were, when the power and the presence of God was, suddenly became part of our lives. From that day on, that alone was a shift. To go from stop, start to go. And the go is still going. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 28. He said, go and make disciples. He didn't say go if you have momentum. Maybe if there's a... No, no. He just said, go because I've already created the momentum in your life. And he's about to shift the gears again this year. Are we raising the bar? You see, that moment was the first moment, the first momentum shift for us to step into a new nature when the Holy Spirit was poured out, we were part of a new covenant, part of a new nature. Now, even Paul testified about this. Now, let's quickly pause. We're talking about Paul the Apostle. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. This was a guy who was one of the best speakers, preachers in the Bible. He did miracles wherever he went. 
He was shipwrecked a couple of times. They stoned him to death twice, and God raised him from the dead. He was bitten by poisonous snakes, and he just shook it off. That's the kind of guy I'm talking about here. And this guy comes, and he says the following in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4. This is how much he values the Spirit. Listen to this. He says, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Come on, we're talking about Paul here. He was very plain. He says, rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I rely only on the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, I love this. He says, I did this so that you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. You see, if I as a pastor stand up here every Sunday and you only rely on my knowledge and my wisdom, and maybe if I can speak well, then I'm, I'm missing the point. But if I can activate you to stand up in your calling, to stand up in the presence and the power of God, and to do the impossible and to see the impossible, then we're doing what God has called us to do. That is what church is about. To be part of a community where you can be launched into your calling. You see, Paul knew that the only place we have momentum in our spiritual walk is in the power of the Spirit. In the power of the Spirit. That's where momentum is. So if you are struggling with momentum in your journey and your relationship with God, guess what? You just need to tap into the Spirit more. You can sit in your inner room and close your door, put worship music on, but say, Lord, I want to tap into your Spirit. I want to have more of you. When we're in worship in a setting like this, tap into it. Say, Lord, I want more of you. See, we need to seek His presence and long for that encounter every time we spend time with Him. Every time we spend time with Him. Say, Lord, I want more. I want more. I cry out for more. I know I've got everything already, but show me more of this is what I have. Show me more, Lord. The question is, are we willing to raise the bar in our time with Him this year? Are we willing to raise the bar to tap in, not into the place, not focus on the place you are now? Because there's always impossibilities. There's always frustrations. But to tap in and focus on the power of God. Tap in and focus on, Lord, I want to be spirit-empowered. Like Paul. Go and read all these letters. Incredible. Number two, what do we focus on to bring momentum into our lives? Are we focused on experience or our passion? Are you focused on your experience or your passion? See, there's a huge difference between the two. There's a huge difference between being experienced and being passionate. As important and essential experience is, passion is just, just shifts the gear into the new momentum. It's just incredible. Now, in the church world today, we preach two things, probably the most of all of it. I've been in church world for 25, going to 30 years. And probably the things that most people preach every year, over and over and over, two things, maturity and character. That's what the church preach about. And I'm not saying this is not important, these two things. We cannot take it out of our walk with God as important as it is. But is it as important for growth and momentum? You see, maturity and character comes by experience. It comes by challenging trials in your lives. It comes through time. 
it doesn't come cheap, and it usually costs us something to grow in, to be mature. If you've ever seen a mature leader, they didn't become a mature leader overnight. If you see someone, or, uh, someone with character, they didn't learn that character overnight. It came with time. It cost them something, and it didn't come cheap. Now, there's a few things that is necessary for us to see revival in our church and churches as general. But the most important thing most people miss is the one simplest thing in a kingdom, but it's yet the hardest thing. And revival only comes with passion for Jesus. Now, let me make a statement, and I'll show you what that one thing is. Here's the statement. A Christian believer must grow into maturity by becoming like a child. You see, as soon as you start speaking about this like, no, no, we are mature believers here in church. We, are, we have character, and that's why. But see, if you miss this, you miss revival. Sometimes we need to become like a child to see the kingdom of God. Look what Jesus said. Mark 10, verse 13 to 16. One day some of the parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. And when Jesus saw that was happening, he was angry with his disciples. And he said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. Then Jesus said, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Ouch. Then he took the children in his arms and he placed his hands on their heads and he blessed them. Now I was reading through this, and this is not the only place. I mean, you see this in every one of the Gospels. If you don't receive the kingdom like a child, you will not enter it. Like a child. It's like any child, so should we then behave like children, run and scream? And No. We need to be passionate for him. Now, when Jesus spoke about the kingdom, and I'm almost done. When Jesus spoke about the kingdom, it was most of the time just before or just after he did a miracle. Go and read it. Most of the time. After Jesus did a miracle, he spoke about the kingdom. Just before Jesus did a miracle, he spoke about the kingdom. And that's because the kingdom of God comes in power, not in word. Think about it. The kingdom of God comes in power. By signs, wonders, miracles. Jesus did signs, wonders, miracles. He had compassion. He did signs, wonders, miracles. And everybody's lives changed. They had a, a meeting with the kingdom of God. You see, many people choose character over power. But Jesus never gave us the option. Never. He, for him, both of those were important. It was important to step into maturity, to have character. But he said, if you missed being childlike, then you miss everything. You miss everything. It's always being childlike and passionate for Him that ushers in true revival. Every time in my life, I remember through my walk with God, every time I just was intentional like a child running towards Him, having people to pray for me, and God just came and shifted something in my life. I really have a passion to see a powerful movement of God's power in our church and in the church as a general. But we need to build momentum by coming to Him as children, passionate for His presence. 
if you miss that, then you miss true revival. Because revival starts here. That's what the scripture says. I truly believe that God is about to restore spiritual momentum in our lives and in our church this year. I truly believe that. And when I started working on this sermon, and, and I started prepping and reading about the scripture and about this word, and as I was reading up and, and God spoke to me about today, and he said, Henny, I want to shift it into a next gear of momentum in the church. I want to shift into a next gear because the revolutions are, of the car is too high. We need to get momentum. We need to shift that gear. And I felt that I wanted to pray for everyone in church this morning. And pray and trust God. I said, as I pray for everyone, it's not about me. It's just praying for us all that there will be a shift in momentum in your life today. I don't care where you feel you're at. I know where God wants you. I know where God is, is busy taking you towards. But sometimes we need to get prayed for and just get someone and say, Lord, I just want to pray for them. Take their hand and say, Father, thank you for a momentum shift this morning. Amen. Can we do that this morning? Who's trusting with me? Come on. We need to trust God. We need to be expectant. Don't look at the experience. Don't look at the place you're at. Look at the power and look at the passion that God wants you in this morning. Amen. Let's stand up. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to call you forward. Lord, we thank you this morning. We thank you for, for who you are. Lord, that you are a loving Father. And that you never, never, never leave us alone. And Lord, I pray this morning that you will come and touch us, each, each and every one of us this morning, Father. And Lord, that, that you will come and shift the momentum this morning in every life, Father. That we will not miss moments where you want to take us to the next level, Father. Never. So Father, come and make our hearts bold this morning to be expectant for you to touch us, Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstellenbosch.co.za.